Hi, everyone, and welcome to Girl Club. That's right. This is where we get together as real girls and have real talk about real issues that really impact our very real lives. And uh, joining me every week, I have three fabulous women of God who are just always here to share and to teach and to fellowship. And the thing that I love most about Christina Reynolds, Christina Boudreaux, and Nova Page is not just the calling that they have on their lives from the Lord, but the transparency in which they share with all of you and with me. So I just want to welcome them in today before we dive into what has been a few weeks of some pretty intense talk about the spirit of rejection. You know, we, we've looked at how we become victims to this spirit. Sometimes it, it a spirit that has been with us from day one. Um, there are 10 fruits of a spirit of rejection uh, that we've focused on, 10 indicators that you're dealing with this spirit in your life. Uh, the first has been that you find yourself comparing your circumstances or your situations with others and you never seem to measure up. The second is that you feel like you missed out on life's opportunities and now it's too late. The third is that no amount of encouragement is enough to convince you of your worth. You know that when your friends tell you you're great, but you feel like, well, if I'm so great, why am I still single? Why am I still feeling like a victim? Why am I not successful? All that icky stuff. Uh, the fourth one is that you feel rejected if you're not greeted or acknowledged by leadership. Um, that's an interesting one. Makes you feel small and insignificant makes you apologize for who you are when the leadership or the person in authority isn't even on the same page that you are. They're not looking at you thinking anything but what a wonderful person you are. Um, the fifth is that you constantly seek the approval of others and you suffer from people pleasing and people pleasing causes you to put people on the throne in your life and not God. The sixth is that you're easily offended or embarrassed from discipline or correction. So what happens? you're constantly looking to avoid owning your mistakes, right? Uh, the seventh, you're always trying to prove yourself in public. Well, we live in an age of social media and everybody's always trying to prove themselves in public or be something that they're not in public. So this one can cause you to be a victim in so many ways. The eighth thing that we've looked at is that you have this feeling that you're on the outside looking in during your interactions with people. Strange one kind of an out-of-body experience where you're always seeing yourself or you're always looking at your life from the outside, but you're not really in it, enjoying it in the present, experiencing God and people the way he created you to experience him and to experience people. The ninth one is that you think you could do a better job than the current leader or teacher if you were given the opportunity. Sometimes this is rooted in narcissism, right? Pride, um, ego, uh, mostly insecurity. Um, and number 10, you believe that nobody understands you or gets what you're going through. And that creates a horrible spirit of isolation. You know, um, what we've been trying to tell you is that if you recognize these signs, then don't throw in the towel because there really is help for you. There really is victory for you, right? This, this spirit of rejection, which has caused so much in your life and so many inner wounds doesn't have to control you and it won't for another day. Um, this spirit occurs at every stage of life, as I mentioned, and rejection is one of the most neglected wounds that lies deep within a person's soul. And the heaviness and the disturbance in your human heart is very real. Um, but you know what, guys? The perfect love of Jesus casts out fear. 
and the spirit of the Lord restores our soul and our confidence in who we are. And you need to know today, once and for all, that the spirit of rejection is a lie from the enemy, right? It has manifested in your life in some of the ways that we've mentioned. And this spirit partners to make you have an orphan spirit. So you never really feel accepted in this kingdom of God. You don't feel accepted by God. You don't feel accepted in your social group or environment. And the manifestations are causing you, you know, depression and to feel left out and to feel completely rejected and to compare yourself with others, you know? So you can often live with a spirit of comparison, you know? So if any of this stuff has been resonating with you through these last number of weeks, I encourage you to go back and look at all of the Grow Club sessions, either on the Salem platform, Light Source, or on the Salem Media platform, One Place. You can get it there on podcast. Or go to the Cynthia Garrett Ministries YouTube channel, and you can see all of the episodes and go through and catch up with where we are today. If you've missed anything, you won't miss the most important part, and that's the solution, because we're going to dive into the solutions today. Um, and I do want to remind you, as I welcome in the ladies, Christina Boudreau. Hey, CB. Hi, how's it going today? Good. Christina Reynolds. Hey, everybody. <laughs> and Nova Page. Hey, everybody. Good to see you today. It's nice to see you guys. I was trying to give a good recap. It's been kind of full the last, what, couple of months, actually, with what we've been talking about. So uh, before we start, I just want to invite each of you guys to kind of comment on where you are, what your thoughts are for today. And um, and then we're going to get into some, I honestly, I feel like it's time to start teaching people how to get past this stuff, you know, and... Uh, you know, if you recognize these symptoms, we're going to start with praying for a revelation of God's love to show you who you are to him, you know, um, and I'd love to start that question with you guys today. You know, what has God's love shown you personally about who you are to him? Because I know when I really sit and reflect on God's love, it's awesome because I start to like, I start to remember like, oh, yeah. I'm amazing. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm not the broken, horrible, you know, person with no future and no plan and no hope that the voice in my head, the voice of the enemy tries to tell me that I am, but I'm truly God's daughter, you know, created for amazing things. Yeah. So I'd love to invite you guys into the conversation. You know, I, I think, think in... Oh, you no, go ahead, Christina. No, you okay. go for it. <laughs> okay. So I just want to say that we are real women talking about real issues, real life application. I literally climbed out of bed at 9.02 when Anna texted me. I have somewhere else to be today and I lost track of time. So this is about as real as it's going to get. I just brushed my th teeth and put my hair up. <laughs> my hair is not even combed right now. So <laughs> this is about as real as it's going to get. Um but, you know, I think with all of us, some of us have had maybe fathers in our life who maybe weren't, you know, verbally affirming to us, who maybe, um, you know, abused their authority in our life in a physical way. And so um, maybe, you know, whatever, sometimes like 
you know, when you look at the five love languages, you know, like quality time, physical touch, words of affirmation, um, acts of service, you know, forgot the other one, but sometimes what is lacking in our life is often how God meets us where we are, you know? And so for me this last year, what was lacking for my father, you know, was my father inviting my abuser to live back in our home. And so I did not have a home. I did not have protection. And so God this last year has shown himself as father in my life by providing a home for me to rent from, which is a cute little cottage out here in Newberry Park, California, Thousand Oaks. And God has showed up in that way in my life. God has showed up in my, because I did not have, you know, provider, protector. God has shown himself as protector in my life by giving me amazing spiritual fathers in my life, amazing older brothers in the faith, like Ryan Reese, who's my pastor, and Sonny, who's another father figure in my life. God has shown up even this last week, you know, I, I sold my horse for a certain amount of money and this new horse I'm getting is a thousand dollars more than what I sold my other horse for. But I had two youth girls in my youth group this last week that were like, Hey, we really feel like God wants us to give. They wrote a card for me. They're like, we, God just wants us to bless you. And the amount of money that they gave me was exactly what I needed to get my new horse. That's coming in on July 17th. And I think of the Lord and thinking, wow, Lord, you know, that, in the midst of all the ministry I am doing and have going on, I'm on tour yesterday and I have tour event today that God is still showing me how much he loves me more than what I could do for him, that he would provide the exact amount that I would need for this horse. And, you know, every little girl, what do they ask their dads for? I want a pony. I want a pony. I want a pony. And at the age of 31, God's like, I'm going to give you your dream horse who literally looks like a pony. She's so beautiful. So I just think that God has showed up in that way in my life, practically in this season. And it's just beautiful to reflect on because it's only details that he could know about. And it's only things that he could do. I couldn't have tried to do any of those things, but it's just really cool to see him practically showing up as God, the father in my life, spiritually, emotionally, physically, and mentally. So, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, the, you mentioned the father thing and it is, it is, you know, Christina, my son was born, my son Christian was born and he, he never knew his biological dad. And um, so that caused him to go through a lot of years of struggle with his identity. And um, I was always concerned about a spirit of rejection, you know, over him and always yeah. about it. And when I was the most concerned about it, when he was in high school, we ended up going to a church one day and there was a guest speaker, a guest pastor. And, and he called my son out of the crowd and asked him to come up to the pulpit. And he asked him and about four or five other uh, boys and, and women and um, young boys, men, young girls, women. Right. And, um, he prophesied over each one of them out loud. But when it came to my son, he started to prophesy and he stopped and he whispered in his ear and he said something in his ear. And I never knew what he said because in the beginning, my son didn't tell me, you know, I asked, obviously they didn't tell me. And then about two years later, when we had moved to Kansas and he was in college and he I mean, he had an awakening in Christ and just, you know, gave his really, he had already been saved that year in that church by um, an amazing man of God named Mark Jackson, who's the voice of the NBA on ESPN, but 
also an ordained pastor and uh, used to be the head coach of the Golden State Warriors. He's an awesome man of God. I'm giving him a shout out because I would do anything for that man. He led my son to Christ. I don't need to say anything more. Um, and then my husband took over the mentorship job. So now, and the discipleship and his growth. And so my son had this moment going into college where he truly surrendered and chose the Lord over the things of the world. Long story. However, about two years in after that moment, I asked him one day, I said, you know, you never told me what that man said to you. Now you have to imagine by this point, my son had made a decision to sit under my husband who adopted him, his stepdad, as his father figure and to let the Lord really be the father of his life and the, the Lord of his life. And he said to me, he goes, mom, that pastor, though, two, three years ago, he whispered in my ear, I know you need a father. And God wants me to tell you that he is saying from the throne room that you are different because he himself is going to personally father you. And I mean, I just, you know, I just lost it because I knew that that had been a, a, an area of fear for me where I was concerned about his identity. And my son chose to root his identity in Christ. And all through college, he spent his time. If he wasn't playing basketball. He was studying the word of God, you know, and and I think about what you're saying, Christina, and I think about how God so personally meets us in our situations like he knows, like there's nothing that oh, you're yeah. going through. You know, there's nothing that may be making you feel right now like you have no hope and you have no father and you've been rejected not only by God, but all the people around you and you're oppressed, depressed. You're believing the lies of the enemy and the words that are being are being spoken over your life, words of failure or words of failure that have been spoken over your life. Right. Like there is nothing that God does not see and know about. There's nothing, nothing. You know, and he is Lord of it all and wants you to trust him as Lord of it all. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's it's powerful, you know, because I'm asking him now to begin to reveal to you. And I've been asking him for weeks to reveal to each and every one of you what area you're really struggling with, you know, in feeling, you know, all of these things, this orphan spirit, these things that come from a spirit of rejection. What are you personally dealing with? And today we want to personally help you begin to get past them. So as the Holy Spirit reveals these things to you now, and Lord, I ask that you reveal to each and every one of us, you know, what these areas of our lives are uh, in the past and currently. In Jesus' name, I ask that you just bring wisdom now. Speak from your throne room. What areas, Lord, does each and every person listening need to deal with and bring to the throne today? In Jesus' name. You know, Nova or Christina, um, you know, as as we sort of let these things come to us, how has God shown you, you know, that he meets you personally in your area of need, that you are not rejected, but in fact loved? Mm-hmm. That's interesting because I feel like uh, this whole year has felt like just a time of transition, which... Transition is always really hard. I feel like there's like this aspect where you're like, okay, I know that I'm moving on to something new, but there's always this like, but what is it, right? I don't know if you guys feel that way. There's always like this fuzzy period of where I'm, you know, where I feel like I'm just waiting on the Lord and asking him, what is it? What is it? As like my old season is dying, it feels like there's so much pain involved yet with like this unknown and, you know, looking forward. And so this year has been quite strange. I've been feeling a lot of 
conflict within myself because a lot of my what I connected myself to and what I was doing in ministry and all this stuff was, you know, kind of coming to a close. And, um, but I've just felt the Lord's nearness, you know, in just waiting upon him, spending time with him, allowing him to lead on his own timing. I've seen him really respond in my emotional (laughs) distress. And, uh, I, I think, I think, uh, what I'm realizing is that he is out to like destroy the lie that says that we're alone. Like in whatever season you're in, whether you're in the middle of an amazing season or in the middle of a really distressing one, he is out to show you that he is there in the midst of it all. And that's what I've been encountering because it's been a very difficult season of just a lot of conflict, personal conflict with people and with different circumstances. And through it all, the Lord has shown himself to be so near in, especially in the midst of like really horrible emotions, let's just say in the midst of my rage, in the midst of my confusion, in the midst of my doubt and my un- and my faithlessness, he has been so close. And it's in the little things. It's in like a daily little reminder as I'm reading my word or in a dream or in, or in something that my husband said that encouraged me or, or an opportunity. Like he speaks in so many different ways. If if we'll just like quiet down and listen. So I think that's been like my comfort. It's like, hasn't been amazing, but I've felt like his nearness and like just the little things that gives me enough Mm -hmm. to keep going to the next day. Does that make sense? So it's not like overwhelmingly awesome, but it is very like, wow, I feel so grounded. Yeah. Yeah. It, It sounds like, you know, one of the things that I was saying, you know, in the first, the first sort of thing you can do if you recognize the symptoms that, you know, I, I mentioned earlier uh, is to pray for the revelation of God's love to show you who you are to him. Right. So yeah. it sounds to me like what he's shown you, Christina and Christina. And I know what he's shown me is that we're daughters. We're provided yeah. for. Mm-hmm. He sees us. Right. Yeah. You know, even when we don't take it to him, he sees us. Yeah. Yeah. Nova, I can I can see you going off. Oh I just listening to you girls, just you know, when you prayed, Cynthia, just for wisdom. Um I even as I went down that list as like week by week, even if I wasn't here and looking at the list. I I was like, wow, have I ever experienced the spirit of rejection? Mm -hmm. And I'm not alone. And I think this is the amazing part about what we're doing here is it reveals that truth that we've all experienced it on some level because that's the enemy's game. He wants us to feel totally hated and rejected Mm -hmm. and not wanted. And the Lord did something really sweet for for me this Father's Day. Mm -hmm. Um, I lost my dad about three years ago. And my dad, he was was just awesome in so many ways. Like God had given him so many gifts. I don't believe, and, and he shared with me, like he really, there was a certain point as a much older man where he really gave his whole life to the Lord. And listen, my dad showed up for me, took me to my hockey games. I played all boy hockey and I was the only girl that my dad showed up for me in those ways, but there were ways that my dad just could not show up for me. 
And I wanted to be like, um, I just, you know, like every little girl is just like wants to sit up on their daddy's lap. It doesn't matter how old you are. And there was a certain point where I just felt like my dad just was incapable of fathering me in a way that this tender heart needed to be fathered. And this past Father's Day, um, of course, I there's always a little bit of mourning in it just because like, man, I miss my dad. And but I'm so grateful that he knows the Lord and he is with the Lord. But as I've watched my husband be a father, there's something that kind of just struck me this year that hasn't struck me before. And I felt the Holy Spirit whisper to me, you know, in all the ways your dad didn't show up for you, your husband is showing up for your daughter. And I was like, wow, Lord, thank you so much for that. And he's like, and Nova, all the ways your your dad didn't show up for you, I showed up for you, just like your husband is showing up for your baby girl. And I was able to speak that over my husband. And I feel like something broke in me, just that, that, you know, like there's just pieces of us where we've set up places in our hearts that we maybe haven't even don't we don't even know that we haven't given to the Lord but I felt mm-hmm. something just kind of break and close and it was this sweet it was just this sweet moment with the Lord he's like I've always had you but I'm just showing you practically I've done that for you your entire life and sometimes you just didn't see it mm-hmm. so um it it was a pretty special moment between my husband and I and between me and the Lord. And those are the ways that God has met me and shown me. Because I look at that list, you guys, and I've been rejected in every way. And I've thought all those things. Like, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, rejected. 10 out of 10. Right? Mm-hmm. 10 out of 10, my first 100%. Awesome. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, but, but I just sitting back going, so grateful for the time that the Lord mm-hmm. has given me he's been very patient he's shown me and 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 you know i i think we've talked about this before about ephesians 4 27 about not letting the devil get a foothold we think of that as i've always thought of a foothold i'm like what is that like someone pulling you down but i i think in the original language it means setting up a room for someone to because in that culture it's all about hospitality so have we set up this hospitality space in our life to allow the enemy to come and set up camp and and set up a room in our life and i'm like i i will i will say because when i feel i feel that spirit of rejection trying to come on me often you guys and practically speaking i just tell the enemy you you do not have access and you you cannot have this space. You cannot have this room in my life. Yeah. Yeah, and you cannot have the real, the real estate. There's real estate in here and you mm. do not, you cannot purchase this real estate. I reject your offer mm. and you can't have it. And, you know, I, I don't want to say, I think it takes us partnering with the Holy spirit and showing up. Like, it's not just like, God, I don't know. You know, I, I feel like we have to, it's not about working, but it, it is a working with God, it's mm-hmm. meeting him, showing up. Like half of it is showing up and going, no, I see this too. God, I need your help and I need your strength to like, you know, reject the enemy. So he flees. 
So um, anyway, I I'm so I'm so grateful for I think the experience I've had in rejection because I I have had a lot of it. And, you know, I remember one specific time I was extremely rejected, Cynthia, and I called you and Roger. And I just remember you guys, um, and you might not even remember this, but it was really powerful in my life. Yeah. Um, and I felt such a release after you guys, you both prayed for me, you asked me the right questions. And at first I was like, I remember Roger going, well, there's a spirit of rejection here. And I was like, there is like, I was like, what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is like, I don't even know, like eight years ago or something. Yeah. And, um, it was kind of even like my pride didn't want to admit that that's really what could be happening. Right. And I feel like the Lord just used you guys to humble me to go, you don't have to have it all together, Nova, and you're not a perfect Christian and you don't know all the answers and let people in your life who can love you through this, not like, say the right thing so you feel better about yourself, but tell you the truth. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys were so truthful with me and helped me through that really big rejection in my life. And it was huge. Yeah. And it mm. hurt. Yeah. And I wanted to just give up. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's interesting. I, I'm I'm looking at some of the comments coming in on the ministry YouTube channel and one of the comments is really interesting. Um, you know, I, I, Ashley says, I felt so broken since I've often fallen to a drug addiction, but God has revealed to me as I go closer, closer to him that he often uses the most unlikely and unworthy to fulfill his purpose. Yeah, I mean, it's scripture. He chose mm -hmm. the foolish things of the world to shame the wise and the weak things to shame the strong. And I often say, yeah. I win, win, win because I am weak and I am foolish. Mm. And, and you know, but I'm weak and I'm foolish before my father. Mm. Yeah. I'm weak and I'm foolish and I don't hide it from him. I'll just glance up and go, okay. Yeah. I did it again, you know, or I'm sorry for that. Or, you know, I don't hide my imperfections, my foolishness, my weakness. I, I try every moment of every day to be open. And when I mess up, I'm like, okay, God, I messed up again. I, I, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Or maybe that was like not the right thing to say to my husband, or maybe that was me, or maybe that was rude or whatever it is, whatever little thing it is. I try to practice being in constant relationship with the Lord. And that helps me really defeat the spirit of rejection and all of its many fruits. And, you know, since we're all mm -hmm. girls here, one of the other comments is so powerful um, because I'm looking at how many of you have no, like nobody, right? They had you had father issues, right? And this is, I did. yeah, and it, and and that you, so you thought God could never love you because you're such a sinner, right? That plays into that isolation thing, like nobody will ever understand me or get it. Big sign that 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 the enemy is demonically working in your life using this issue yeah. because God will always love you. He will never forsake you or abandon you. There is nothing you mm. can do before him that's so horrible. I mean, I used to like to think that, you know, um, like Hitler, you know, Hitler could never enter the kingdom of God. And you know what? I, I, in reading scripture and in understanding the Bible, I'm like, well, you know, if he had a real moment of repentance, he might be there alongside you. And I am not God, so I cannot explain how mm. that will feel fair or right. 
But I think if we're standing before God, we're not concerned about fair or right. We're concerned mm-hmm. about knowing that the complete culmination of everything we believed in our lives is finally in front of us. You know, mm-hmm. we're at the throne of grace. And another woman wrote in, uh, uh, the power of a virtuous woman is her tag. I suffered from having a father who was mentally and physically abusive. So I turned to men that were the same way. So I have hurt in thinking that God won't love me truly for only me. That is such a powerful statement because I think as mm-hmm. I know I can say completely, my dad actually loved me. I never felt rejection from my father at all. I only felt adored by my dad. But I definitely had a season of choosing abusive men, you know, Mm. men physically, they wouldn't show up. They didn't love me with the same love that I gave. They, they weren't my equals, you know, Mm. why, why did I choose them? I think mine was because of my sexual abuse, you know, um, it, 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 it stole something, you know, from me and, and, I think, you know, when you've gone through sexual abuse, you often go to, you know, men. Um, Ashley says, I I felt so broken. I've often fallen into a drug addiction. Drugs for me, um, you know, in my sort of drug addiction days, um, gosh, you know, 20, 30 years ago, that was about escapism. I wanted to escape my feelings. I wanted to mm. escape pain. You know, I wanted to escape the memory, you know, it was like the only way I could release and have fun and enjoy my life was, um, you know, with drugs. Because mm. they took away the reality of the things that I had been through and I didn't have to think about them for a time. Um, but I realized what a trap of the enemy that drugs actually are. Uh, because anything that dulls your mind, helps you to escape, or takes you away from something is taking you away from God. It's giving you a false crutch. It's taking you away from the real power uh, to heal your life and get your life together and really be a victor in your life. And that's what the enemy wants. It's what he does. He wants to deceive us. So if he can deceive us with thinking, yeah, I feel better, you know, and then he can string together years of moments of that. All of a sudden you look up and you've wasted years of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Cynthia, as you were talking, I, I remember driving home from LA. This is probably like a month and a half ago. I had shared at like a women's rehab and, you know, a part of me, even though I've never physically been with like a man, you know, like chosen to save myself, there's a huge part of me that when it comes to my purity and my body, that feels like, or has had, as has had felt like, you know, because of my abuse, you know, and my rape, like, well, is it gone, Lord? You know, like, is, um, is my purity gone? Is my innocence gone? Is all these things gone? And I just remember I was driving home that day and the Lord reminded me, like, Christina, was there some, was there anything that my blood didn't redeem? Was there anything that my death didn't restore? And I think that to the women out there who, have had a father who maybe was physically abusive to them. And because of that, you settle for less or for girls out there, for women out there who were abused when they were younger. And because of that, you feel like your innocence is gone. And so you're thinking, well, I might as well just give it away to all of these people. Just know that when you give your life to Christ, God has restored 
your innocence. God has restored your purity. God has restored what the enemy stole from you so that you no longer have to give yourself away as though you're bankrupt. You no longer have to give your body away as though it's gone. Like God has restored you. So now you honor your body and you wait for that man that's going to honor your body as much as God has restored it. Like you think of your body as like a burned down building. And so you're like, well, since it's burned down, people can just come and ransack it more. No, on the cross, when you gave your life to Jesus, God has restored that broken down building, that burned down building into a fully restored house, kind of like what they do on extreme makeover home edition. So for you to allow your people to just come in and just use your body over and over again, and for you to give it away over and over again, like, would you just like, when I think of Cynthia and Roger's house, they wouldn't just freely let anyone walk through the door of their house, Nova's house. She wouldn't just let anyone freely walk through the door of their, of their house. But so many of us, because we've been abused, women just allow men or people just come in and just freely take as though God hasn't redeemed them. And I just want to encourage you today that God has redeemed you. And for some of you, it might not be someone physically coming in, but it might just you being like, well, it's gone. So I'm just going to watch porn. What's the point? I'm just going to deal with masturbation. What's the point? No, like God has restored you. God has redeemed your body and you are a vessel of honor to the Lord. You are like a diamond in in God's crown. It says in Isaiah that you are a royal diadem in the hand of the Lord. And so God wouldn't take one of the diamonds from his crown and throw it in the dirt. Like it's in his crown and he's going to value it. And so see your body the same way, see your worth the same way. If I didn't have a revelation of God's love for me and my worth, if I were in the world and didn't know Jesus, I would have been sleeping with who knows what, you know what I'm saying? But because of last year, even though my father abandoned me, God stepped in and was like, no, like you are so worth being protected. You are so worth being restored. You are so worth being provided for. And I just want to encourage you ladies with that today, that you really are, that the enemy will tell you. What's the point? Just give it away. No, God has given it back. So don't give away what God's given back. So I just want to leave you with that today. And Christina, yeah, you know, I want to say too, because as yeah. you were speaking, yeah, that is not just for single ladies, what you're talking right. about. Right. Yeah. It, the things that you practice before yeah. you're married in your mind, they don't mm-hmm. just stop and they they yeah. can transfer over into marriage. And so yeah. like you have to continue like yeah. how you date is how you will, how you date in here, what your mind is yeah. doing transfers yeah. over. And so it's really important for, for women who think, oh, well, I, you know, I had rejection and then I'm single and I'm doing good or I'm kind of, but now I'm getting married and, and now it's all going to be better. And that is, those are that's kind that can be a dangerous play because it place because it, it getting married doesn't free you from that stuff. It just right. amplifies what's already there. Yeah. So yeah. for us to be cognizant that yeah. marriage doesn't fix things and yeah. I, and God does redeem us, right? Like he, he's the redeemer. But I, I, I think what came up in my spirit as you were speaking is like married women need to understand this too, Mm. that you can have that, like, he doesn't want me thing within a marriage. Absolutely. You really, you can. Listen, you know, first of all, I was thinking, you know, very real to what Chris, 
uh, what you were saying, CB, he gives us beauty for ashes. Yeah. Like what has been burnt down, he replaces with beauty, you know? Yeah. Um, and to what you're saying, Nova, I, I, you know, carried all my brokenness and my luggage into my marriage. And, and, and dealing with it, you know, you may be saved, you may be surrendered, you may be dealing with it. But when you get married, there are new levels, new levels and new devils to deal with, you know, because of that brokenness. And yeah. one of the things that I think is really uh, was, it's been crazy, crazy hard for me to deal with. And, and we, we had to deal with it in, in my marriages. In the very beginning, I, I mean, I looked at my husband and I said, look, I don't know how to actually have sex with you and be with you without feeling shame. Because for me and for most of my life, sex was associated with a little voice in the back of my head that said, this is sinful. This is shameful. Well, because it was sinful and, and, and there was so much shame around it because I was sexually abused as a child. So it was all confused to me. And so I was sexually, you know, something sexual was broken as a child, but then I was sexually active as a young adult and I had no yeah. understanding for anything, yeah. scriptural foundation for anything about sex in terms yeah. of how God sees it and saw me as his daughter and what purity was. And so in my journey, I've learned some powerful things. Number one, <laughs> you will never be as clean as the day you give your life to Christ or the day you say, clean me up. I'm putting on this new white dress. I'm done with an old way of life. Like you can start right now. It doesn't, you don't even have to go through a process. Just start right now, declare it and ask the Lord to help you with it because he truly does give us beauty for ashes. And I remember the day I decided I'm going, I'm going to do it your way, God. I'm going to be celibate. Tried it my way for a long time as a single girl. And I had a girlfriend who looked at me one day and she said, so how's it working for you? And I said, it's not really working at all. Because in all honesty, no matter who you think you are, no matter how many guys follow you on social social media, no matter how hot your body, no matter how famous you are, you know, deep down inside that there is a shame and a guilt that comes over you or a low self-esteem when you place your worth or think that your worth is only that. Even as you're being validated on that, your looks, your body, all that, there's a place in you that's saying you're worth more than that, baby girl. And if that place doesn't exist in you and you haven't heard that voice, let me be the one telling you right now, you're worth more than that, baby girl. You know, mm -hmm. whatever spirit of rejection is making you think that you got to get your affirmation from things that really involve prostituting yourself. You know, mm -hmm. it's just those things are a lie. You know, they're a lie. And what we're encouraging you to do is to stop believing the lies. Stop believing it, you know? Mm. Purity is something you can pick up and, and hold on to tomorrow, you know? Tomorrow, like right now, you know? Mm. You know, it's interesting because in praying, you know, to battle against this spirit of rejection that carries with it so much stuff, you know, a mocking enemy, an orphan spirit, you know, everything, just all of the indicators that you're, you know, in a, bad place, including pride and ego. 
one of the things that I am reminded to share with you and one of the sort of five ways that you can pray against this is to pray to see others through the eyes of Christ, not out of your own expectations. Mm. And that's a powerful one because a lot of times when you're dealing with the spirit of rejection, you expect other people to be perfect, to meet your expectations perfectly, or what really happens is your rejection spirit kicks in. And now you're feeling disappointed in them and you're feeling rejected and abandoned by them and all these things. And you're actually so stuck in your own stuff that you're not able to see that other people go through stuff too. And so mm-hmm. one of the most powerful things that I try to do is to pray that I can see other people through my father's eyes mm-hmm. and not from my own expectations. Cause yeah, people will never meet your expectations fully. They yeah. Can't. And not even your own dad. Like I, I remember having to come to that revelation, Cynthia of like, I need to see my dad, how the Lord sees my dad. And it, it ch- definitely changed the trajectory of how I felt about my, my own dad. Cause I really love, I really don't get it wrong. I, I really loved my dad, but again, like the ways that he just couldn't show up, I had to see that through the eyes of my heavenly father. And it gave me such grace and empathy for my dad and like genuine love for him, you know? So I'm grateful for that. So thank you for just bringing that up because uh, that is, that is as we move through our life, we can keep that at the forefront in every situation, like how God sees that person. It helps. It it keeps me from being such a judge, Mm. (laughs) you know, Mm. like, because, right. Cause we can just be, I can be so judgy and it really Mm. keeps me from being the judge. Yeah. Yeah. And the person who's like, I'm going to convict you. Right. It's like, okay, God, Mm. this is yours. This, 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 you love this person. Just like you told me you created them in their mother's womb. You have purpose that like to just take yourself and go and to have that empathy that the father has and how, you know, when I think we love it when we're like, yes, God looks at me through the sun and I'm like pure and clean, but we don't want to always give that to other people. And that's how the father sees them. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, something I noticed, though, at the, at the same time, I totally agree with this. And it's something that I feel like has been drilled in me so much to the point that, like, immediately when I'm hurt by someone, I'm like, oh, but God, how do you see them? You know, like, almost mm. in a, a flip mm. of, like, a religious yeah. spirit of my own of going, okay, mm. I know this. I'm feeling this certain way, so <gasps> I need to fight against it. And what do I do? I need to, like, see them through God's eyes. Or I need to bless them and immediately yeah. just cover them and forgive them. And this has been happening for the last six months of me just like getting to this place where I'm just, God, I'm doing all the right things. I'm asking you your thoughts. I, when I walk by their house, I'm like blessing them. I'm forgiving them every morning, but I, I'm not feeling the the freedom or the release. What is going on? Mm. And like clockwork, it would take wow. like two, three, like a month. And I'd break down of just overwhelmed feeling completely overwhelmed and being like, I can't do this, God. Like you said to do this and it's not working. And you know what? I just, I was talking to a girlfriend and she was like, Christina, repentance is not a formula doing these things. There's no, there's no such thing as having a formula 
to put a Band-Aid on something mm. and make it magically vanish. She's like, this is all about relationship. So, like, mm. I'm seeing, you know, in the comments, someone's like, it's so much easier said than done. And that's so true because don't get it twisted. It isn't just, hey, God, mm. let me see what let me see what you feel about this person and poof, it's magically gone. Like, it actually mm. is a relational, um, like, journey of like it's, every you day. Know what, it, it is. And I'm going to, and I'm going to be really honest with you. There were moments where I absolutely hated my dad. And I was like, mm. it's hard to say this now, but there were moments when I was like, you know what? I could care less if I ever see that guy again in my life. I was really yeah. angry. And you know, it's interesting because the acknowledgement, mm. right? You know, yes. that, and, and the acknowledgement is important. Yes. But, yes. but, Therefore, because I'm a daughter, right? I, the, the acknowledgement is important because if we suppress it, it's going to just come mm. out eventually. Right. And then, right. then you know, then what? We're just actors if we're not right. acknowledging it. Uh, and, but yeah. you know, I, I I do believe it's important to to speak it um, out loud to the Lord. Say it because I I know I had to. My process in forgiving my dad took some time yeah it took some time wow yeah yeah it it really did and i you know i was able to see him on his deathbed take his very last breath and i saw the light go in his eyes and i was so grateful for the experience because i knew what i had said in my heart years before like i i i i wanted to I just was like, I hope he dies. Like I was so mad at my dad for mm. a time yeah. and the process it, 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 we, we can't forget that there is, so, you know, Cynthia right. Some things happen like that. Like, you know, it's mm. like no more drugs done, maybe, but that's not everybody's story. And I think right. sometimes we hear these like really amazing stories of like God redeeming. And I was like, boom, in two seconds. And I'm like, but the truth is, I think those things can shift and happen and you can make a decision but it's all the decisions after the decision right mm, that, yeah, that like end up making it meaningful and it it took a long time for me to live out forgiveness i could forgive yeah. my dad but living right. out forgiveness oh, is a whole different so thing. true yeah and, and yeah. I just i want to like just say seriously though like it's the same with like if you're an alcoholic or an addict like you can't even begin to have change until you acknowledge yeah. the fact that you have a problem. And that goes with pain. Like, especially yeah. when it's someone who's so close to you. Like, I mean, I understand that Nova, like it's someone who's supposed to love you and protect you. And it's like, how dare I disrespect that person and say, Oh, you're a horrible person. You know, there's almost like, uh, I, I don't know, like a guilt or an almost like a, is this irreverent to say that I, yeah, effing hate you you know what i'm saying because yeah. of x y and z but if you don't ever acknowledge it like that's what i was realizing i was festering mm. with this yeah. veneer of forgiveness and repenting yeah and i was like why religious. isn't it working it's very religious it, it's, yeah it is yeah. it's it's formulaic yeah. and god isn't formulaic at all no i i find and yeah. i i think that there are entire churches and communities infested with that religious spirit where they're not talking about what's really going on. They're just, they're angry. I really hate her, but I need to be polite and I need to bless her and I need to, and I, and I, I call that, you know, it's phony Christianity. And when I, it's funny, it's like, it I, is. right? Like I want us phony. never to be there because the reality is God mm. sees what's going on underneath. 
right? And, oh, and of yeah. course, you know, of course, you guys listen for all of you watching. This is the third area of prayer that you must use to fight this battle against the spirit of rejection and all the ickiness that comes with it. And that's forgiveness. You got to mm. forgive those who have offended you. And you got to understand, as Nova and Christine are illustrating, that forgiveness is a journey. You know, I mean, you know, I'm sitting here thinking about, you know, I, I lived for years thinking I had, I had forgiven my older uh, half brother for sexually molesting me as a child. And, and then, you know, then I looked up and he was making a movie about my father and my mother, but, and us, but cut us and my mother out of it and made it his story with his mom. Um, and did it all, you know, in secret and behind our backs and against my father's wishes uh, before he died and all kinds of stuff, right? And um, and excluded the 12 of my father's children, you know, or excuse me, the, the eight of my dad's kids behind him. I mean, it was, it was such a low thing. And then all of a sudden, you know, after years of living with forgiveness, a, a year and a half ago, two years ago, now all of a sudden I was dealing again with my abuser abusing me all over again. And I hadn't mm. seen him in years and it was heavy because then I had to go through the steps and the journey of forgiving him again. And I can honestly say that now, you know, two years past or a year and a half past the experience of that movie and going to war with Apple and then going to war with all the social media trolls, a lot of them of my own skin color who wrote in basically saying, you know, how dare you and your sister mess up this movie? We need this story. You know, how do you speak about this? And I'm thinking, you know, my sister and I are not oh, the sacrificial lambs for the entire race to have an inspirational story about a man. Like that's asking way too much. And we're human and we're people. And nobody from Apple to the filmmakers to my brothers, no one ever called my mom and my sister and I and said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what we've done here. This is wrong. And even though you practice forgiveness, you may be forgiving someone who never acknowledges what they did to you, who never, um, never yep. acknowledges yep. your I'm yeah, sorry. That's good. You know? So don't expect <sighs> Don't expect that. Right. That is not a condition of forgiveness. You know what I'm saying? Right. He's a guy who forgave people who right now today curse him, <laughs> him out of schools, don't want him really involved in leadership in our nation. Like forgiveness ain't really about the other person. It is right. you. And <laughs> I feel like I'm so, you know, it's that expectation thing, right? I just, right. I, I, you know, yeah. do not get what you give. You know, but that's not what walking in Christ and living in the kingdom of God is all about. Yeah. Right. yeah. I Say it louder for the people in the back. Right. Yeah. They heard that. Right. <laughs> just kidding. Right. Sorry. That was good. You guys go. No. You guys go. It was just no. so good. Go for it. Go for it, Reynolds. Okay. I just, just one yeah. thing. Something that has helped me because sometimes the offense is so painful that you just don't have it within you to go, all right, I forgive you, bless you. It, I just got to say, the Lord is like really, really teaching me about forgiveness here because I think, so if I say things wrong, whatever, like don't don't hold me to this, but this is what I'm learning. I, at times when I'm at my weakest moment, sometimes I just have to say, Lord, I surrender my own judgment against this person of what I think should happen to them, of how I think that they should be, you know, how the how the injustice should be made 
right. Like I give up my control of the situation, my own mind, and I just release it to you. And I start there. And that honestly has like given me, that has given me so much relief in my heart because I think a lot of the times my, the issue of bitterness and like anger and resentment and is, is like holding this judgment over this, over this, over this abuser, over this offender, over their heads and being like, things are not okay until this guy, you know, X, Y, and Z happens to this person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, things just don't happen like that. Just like you said, Cynthia, like these people will continue to make mm-hmm. films, will continue to rip people off and will in a sense get away with it right now. But that is not in your power. That's not even your responsibility to carry on your Mm. shoulders. That's a heavy burden to carry judgment upon people for one is not our job. Neither do we want it to be our job. That God is the only perfect judge. And when I can go, that person really hurt me. And I can say it out loud, but but then I go, but I I trust that you are a perfect judge and I'm releasing Mm. them to you. And you start there. Yeah. I think it's I think it's just a great starting point. And then like Nova said, it is a journey. Like Cindy said, you're walking day by day and different yeah. things will pop up. Different things are going to happen. The person's going to do something again. Mm-hmm. Like you're hearing this over and over again like with yeah. CB as well. Like it sometimes doesn't end. No, you know, yeah, but, no. but it is that process of freedom. For that. Yeah. It's yeah. Like that. And it's everything yeah, it, that you're that we're saying though about like the father, but he's there. And he's fighting for us and he's protecting us and he's growing us up as warriors to learn how to fight this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That was one thing I I wanted to say. Oh, no, no, go for it, baby. Oh yeah. Well, I just was going to say that like, even like now, like kind of what you were saying, Cynthia, and I mean, what everyone's saying is that like, I mean, I'm in the midst of not having to forgive, like, you know, my abuser or having to forgive my parents for allowing you know, for giving them a place in, in my, in our home. And even like to this day, you know, I I had dinner while lunch with my parents last week and to this, you know, they're just not acknowledging. And so it's, it's hard when you have to keep forgiving when this person is continually wounding you and what that looks like. And so for anyone who is on that journey of having to forgive someone who's continually wounding you, and I've had to come to a point where, People that continually wound you and don't acknowledge, I've had to put them in a category of I forgive them knowing that they'll never fully understand what they're doing. And that takes a very like wise place. It it takes a very like, it takes a place with the, it takes a surrender. I have had to be at a place of surrender with the Lord to receive that from him because just like you, Christina, I want to be like, well, they have to get it. And I'm going to go to the ends of the earth to get them to understand, but I could go to the ends of the earth, but they might never understand. And I might not ever get an apology from my parents. I might not ever get an apology from, you know, this person that, you know, abused me, but I'm going to choose to forgive them anyways, even though this family member still wreaks havoc on my family with the drugs and the witchcraft and everything else. I'm just like, dude, I'm going to forgive them, Lord, because if I don't, what you said, Nova, the enemy's going to have territory over my heart that I can't afford to give him. You oh, know, right. you can't you and, can't afford to give that real estate over to yeah. him. And you know, yeah. Christina, both Christina's and Cynthia, um, right. I, you know, my dad didn't come against me and me personally in that way, but he he had clay feet and he did some things that were honestly, I think, really 
you know, in human terms, just so that's just so un, that's not forgivable. <laughs> like, but my, I, I want to say that, and I'm, trust me, you, you already heard my heart and how I, the true feelings that I had at moments towards my dad, but my dad never apologized to me yeah. or any of wow. our family. No, he, he, and you know, he, he didn't, but here, here's the thing that I kind of came to realize and this freed me from being angry and bitter is like, he did the best he could. You know, my dad was, had a ninth grade education and he was, ex he was an extremely successful person. Um, he was a very hard worker. He always made his way kind of, you know, up the ranks, I would say. And he started his own farm and he became very successful with what he did. Um, so, but my dad carried, what I found out was that my dad carried a spirit of rejection mm. and, and, you know, he was in ninth grade and his teacher told him you're stupid kid. And he walked out and he never went back. Wow. He never got more education mm. because he was so rejected himself. So and when wow. he, sh and when he shared that story with us, what I realized is that he was sharing the most that he could. He wasn't mm. able to take the step of, would you guys forgive me? Can I sit each of you down and look what I wanted? I was like, sit each of us down, look in our eyes, tell us blah, blah, blah. And you know what? That, that wasn't our story. But it's amazing to me that each one of his children forgave him because we all saw his story. Yeah. And mm. I, it, mm. you know, it's, it's, and, and I realized too that spirit of rejection had carried over into this person and that now I was responsible as a, as my own human self, my big person, me, Nova, not little Nova, you know, that experienced rejection. But I, now I could go, I can, I can absolutely cut that off at the root. I know where it came from and I can get healing in the name of Jesus over this rejection that has come from my father and you best believe it came from my father's father. Mm. And there's there were so many things that I saw in the lineage that caused me to go, wow, that has what has been going on generationally and it is carried over. And mm. when I got revelation that I actually have the mind of Christ, that I have, you know, I can honor the Lord, that, you know, my prayers are powerful and effective, that I, I don't have to live this way. I don't have to live this, yeah. live th the way my dad lived. I, I got set free yeah. from feeling like I'm just, because I would hear the voice like, you're just like your dad. You are just, mm -hmm. you're going to be just like your dad. Wow. And, and I was able to, to look the enemy in the face and go, no, I'm not. I'm going to accept the beautiful things that my dad gave me. And he gave me a lot of beautiful things too. Um, but I, 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 I decided with Jesus that I was not going to live that way. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I'll tell you, it is truly, you know, and this is hard for me to share you guys, cause this isn't shared in my family. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm being really honest because there are people that like me that feel very alone yeah. Because you're not free to share your story necessarily because yeah. not everybody's with you and on the same page with right. you. And, you know, it's mm, like, how do I yeah. honor the family and whatnot um, without divulging all these details, which sometimes is just it doesn't need to be all the details don't need to be shared. But you need to understand that 
like these, these are real things. And if you're experienced, if you've experienced these things, you're not alone and you can change the trajectory of your life and not accepting the lies and you can move out and walk out into freedom. Is it a journey? Yes. Is it a one-time deal? Yes. And no, yes. Accepting it. And then you keep carrying on. It's like all the moments make your life. All of these moments with the Lord. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I just I want to acknowledge that that it's not, you know, this is this is not easy for people to to even be honest with their own family's story. Right. Actually, it it makes me it it really I'll tell you, I, I have such great empathy for people who are who come out of families that are involved in large ministries or, you know, well-known pastors. Um or leaders, or uh, children of celebrities. You know, I mean, I I grew up more in that world, right? Around lots of children of celebrities and around a lot of celebrity. And it's interesting because one thing I learned from my own son in that world is that kids just want to be normal. They don't really care if mommy or daddy won an Oscar or a Grammy award. They care about being normal. They want to be like the other kids in school. They're not really looking to live that other thing. And, you know, we put that on them, you know, and as parents, I mean, if you're a parent or if you're thinking about becoming a parent um, or want to be a parent, um, and if you don't have biological children or can't have biological children as a sister in Christ, you should be parenting those who are younger. I just believe that that's Mm. what we're here for. We're here to parent, to sister, to to mother, to love others, right? Yeah. but I got to, I, I got to tell you, you know, be careful. You don't put your thing on them, you know, cause yeah. parents can even well-meaning parents can be, they can, they broken people break other people. Yeah. Hurt people, hurt people. And it's just yeah. simple. And the more you deal with yourself and your own hurt and your own brokenness, you know, and, and these spirits, you mm-hmm. know, that cause you to be hurt and broken. Um, and project, then the better you are for the people around you, you know, mm. people you love and yeah. put there, you know? Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm tempted, you know, we've hit the first kind of three areas of prayer that you can, you can go through when you recognize the symptoms of a spirit of rejection, um, yeah. you know, that's working along with all these things. Um, the first being to pray for the revelation of God's love to show you who you are to him, right? Yeah. And, and I encourage you to remember that there's nothing you can do to earn his love, period. Mm. You know, as a parent, you know that when you have a child, you don't push that baby into the world. And then while it's laying there in your arms for the very first time, you give it, here's my list of expectations. Mm. <laughs> what I expect you to do, be and say, you don't do that. Right, mm. fall in love with that baby the minute it's born, and that's how God feels about you. He has yeah. been in love with each and every one of you from the minute you were born. Right. Mm. The other, the that's second, so beautiful. Right. That's no, so beautiful. You, Thank you. You're welcome. I just needed to hear that. <laughs> yeah, so dude. True. Too. I'm like, yeah. dude. It's so I'm true. Gross. Yeah. I'm dropping the bombs today, like one, two, three. <laughs> on your head, on your head, right on top of your head. So the the, the second area, because I know we're 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 kind of now you know in that overtime space. Um, 
So just to wrap up for today, that second area of prayer that we looked at was to pray to see others through the eyes of Christ and not out of your own expectations because they will mm-hmm. always fail and you will remain stuck exactly where you are dealing with that spirit of rejection and disappointment and depression and low self-esteem and all of the rest of it. Um, and then the third area we got into was to pray to forgive those who have offended you. And that's, that's I mean, there are two more and I think we'll save them for next week, but I will say this, the forgiveness one is the biggest one. Mm, for me, for me it's always the biggest one because... In order for me to forgive, I always have to take stock of what I need to be forgiven of. And mm-hmm. when I start looking at what I need to be forgiven of, what the other person needs to be forgiven for starts to kind of even out a little bit, just a little bit, you know? And and then that causes me to have a little compassion and understanding, you know? Um, and sometimes it's just about, you know, you forgive and you just release, you know? Yeah. Forgiveness isn't a Disney movie. Man, it doesn't mean I forgive you and we all live happily ever after. No, you know, Nova and her dad didn't get happily ever after. Christina and her parents right now are not in happily ever after with her abuser living in their home, right? I think Christina Reynolds, you know, I think you and I in our work and inner healing and and dealing with our brokenness, we realize sometimes there is no happily ever after, you know, not with the Mm. person or the thing that offended you. Or broke you. Yeah, or, and you I know, think there's rejected. an adjustment. There's an adjustment. There's an, and it, adjusting our expectations. Like, I yeah, I didn't get the perfect story that I wanted, and yet in the end, I'm like, I feel very grateful. You got the perfect life in spite mm. of in spite of the imperfect story. Yeah, and isn't that like life though? <laughs> yeah. Like we, it's the, all the hard things end up making us who we're. Like yeah. the hard things not either just destroy us and we just give up or they, the pressure causes us to just like rise up and go and have like a view of things like, whoa. And I think that's, I mean, what I pray for is like for me to have a bigger, wider view um, so that I don't get struck down so easily, you know? So yeah, I didn't get the perfect, what I wanted, but Yet in the end, what I got when I worked with the Lord and he showed me how to forgive and love in the end, I got to see my dad go with, be with Jesus. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm like, and that, okay. that was like a beautiful moment that I'll never, ever forget. Yeah. And I'm so grateful because he felt so loved and he never felt mm-hmm. worthy. He never felt yeah. lovable, but we all sent him with hands on his body. Just yeah. tell you go, dad, you go be with the Lord right now. Mm-hmm. Come on, dad, you go. And we just, his last breath and he was gone. And it was amazing. And I'm so grateful because I, God gave me that opportunity. It was just this moment of completion. And even though it wasn't perfect, it was complete in Christ. Wow. You just said something so powerful. God gave me that opportunity, the opportunity to forgive. Right? Mm. Forgiveness really is an opportunity. And, you know, I, I just I'm looking at something that Ashley wrote and it, and it's perfect to start to, to end here. And every time I look at it, it just it makes me it just makes me cry, you know, and she she wrote in. And I love and I love and I'm so grateful for those of you who watch us live. You're 
question, your comments, your questions, your feedback. It's so powerful and it gives us so much to work off of. And we're constantly aware that you're there and, and, and we just, we love it. And um, for those of you, Miche, we'll see you after vacation in a few weeks. We love you too. And Ashley wrote, the brokenhearted are indeed the bravest among us. They mm. dare to love and they dare to forgive. Mm. That is truly, I think, the word that I would put mm. each and every one of us we are brave and we're trying to be brave every day. Mm. And it is dare to love and dare to forgive you guys. I promise yeah. you, it'll give you so much more than what was taken from you. And God is so yeah. much bigger than your circumstances. And he's got us. I just have to believe that he's got us. So, um, Thank you, <laughs> you guys. Thank you for, for being with me on Girl Club this week. I love each and every one of you. Thank you to all of you who are tuning in for these Girl Club sessions or watching us on replay. Um, we love you. We are here for you. Uh, you know how to reach the ministry or reach any of us. You can email us at hello at CynthiaGarrett.org. Send us your questions. Send us your thoughts. Um, even if we don't get back to you right away, just know that, you know, we do try to pray over each email that comes in and, um, you know how to find all of us on social media. Um, we just enjoy having you with us and I bless your week and, uh, be a noticer of yourself this week. Thanks for watching Girl Club. I'm Cynthia Garrett with Christina Reynolds, Christina Boudreaux and Nova Page. We'll see you next week. A crazy world out there, moms and dads. I'm Katherine Seegers, host of Christian Parent Crazy World, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you be a godly parent in an ungodly world. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.